Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. Amen. It is a good morning and a great morning to see your beautiful faces this morning, and not just to be able to see you guys uh, here at the house of God, but also to be able to see you virtually on Facebook and YouTube, whatever you're, uh, however you're worshiping with us tonight, uh, today. I just want to say thank you guys for joining us this morning. But honestly, can I just be honest? It is great to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. It is so great. And, and, uh, Pastor Kai and I, we just want to thank you. Uh, muchas gracias por el hermosa servicio de apreciación. Um, we just want to thank you for the beautiful uh, pastor appreciation service that you did for us last week. It was beautiful. We, uh, our hearts are, were full. Uh, nuestros corazones se alegran. Alegran, did I say that right? Thank you. If you guys help me out there, thank you for all you Spanish speakers. Um, I, I thank you. Our hearts were totally full. We were able to take some time out, uh, and we were able to read the letters of gratitude, the pictures that, that the kids uh, you know, drew for us, and things of those natures, the gifts. It really does our hearts, uh, uh, full, makes us full, is what I'm trying to say. And give me a tissue, honey, please. Um, I, we really need that kind of appreciation and that love from you guys because some of you guys don't realize what it's like as pastors sometimes to, to do a job that a lot of you don't have any idea of what we do. <laughs> Praise God. And I do it. It's, I, I do it, and every time we do it, we do it for the Lord. Amen. 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 But, you know, when people love you so much to do what you did for us, it puts sail in our sail puts wind in our sails. Amen. Amen. And it just makes us be able to go stronger and faster and do more for the Lord in the glory of God. Amen. 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 So I'm not going to be long before you guys today. Uh, I'm going to share something, a word that's been on my heart. Um, it's, it's been not a word, but it's been a phrase that the Lord has been speaking, you know, the, the, the Spirit of God has been speaking to me in my heart, and I want to share some things with you, and then we'll pray, and or before we'll pray, I'll share one more testimony with you, and then we'll get out of here, and we're going to be, we're going to be changed. Amen. Amen. I mean, who wants to be changed? That, that's what I'm talking about. Who wants to be the same? I'm sick and tired and sick and tired of being what I used to be like. I want to be made new. Come on. Praise God. If you guys will turn with me, turn with me to Psalms 57 and 7. Thank you, Lord. You guys, please, just where I'm at at this very moment, you guys have no idea where I'm at 
emotionally and, 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 and mentally where I'm at right now. So I'm trying to hold myself back right now. I, I, I want to make sure I hold my composure because I'm at this point right now. I just want to get up and take off and start running right now. I, I, I believe that there's sometimes that, that, you know, we, we do great things for the Lord and we walk on the water and, and we do these great things and, and we, we're doing this stuff. But sometimes as we're doing some faith walk, we begin to see the waves. As the, as the scripture says that Peter turned and saw the wind boisterous, which means he saw the wind. Whoever sees wind, we don't see wind. We just see the effects of wind. But Peter saw what, what we think we see. People say, oh, I, I see the wind in the trees. No, you just see the trees moving. We don't see the wind that blows the trees. Peter saw what was causing the storm to happen. And that sometimes as we are doing things by faith, we begin to walk uh, and we begin to walk in faith and we start seeing things that we usually don't see. You know, sometimes you look in your eye in that corner of that dark figure that you thought was there or, or, or what's going on with you or are those dreams? Come on now, maybe, am I getting too spiritual? Is it, is it ever hit you to a point where you were so depressed that you knew it was something spiritual happening? Why? Because you're walking on water, getting closer to Jesus. Jesus said, man, when Peter said, Jesus, if that be you, bid me to come. Somebody at some point in your life has to ask Jesus, Come, call me out on the water. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But as you're walking on this faith walk on the water, you defy the laws of physics. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And you're going to see the wind. Yes, sir. And you're going to begin to sink. Uh, uh. But do you guys know that Jesus didn't stay where he was at, yes, sir. even though he asked you to come? He said, bid me to come. He said, come on. But as you began to walk and sing, do you guys realize in that story that, P, that, that, that Jesus came to where Peter was at? Maybe y'all didn't understand. Maybe, maybe in your, your situation, maybe you're in a circumstance where you're sinking, even though you're doing the things that God has called you to do, but Jesus still came to where you was at in your sinking situation, in your storm of life, in your depression, in your addiction, whatever was inhibiting you, Jesus reached down and grabbed Peter by the hand and picked him up. And he said this, listen, listen very carefully. He said, oh, ye little faith. That, that's not an insult because God has given every man a measure of faith. And all he was doing was reminding him is that, look, you have a little bit of faith. That same just little bit of faith of the size of a mustard seed is, is enough to make you walk on water. Just, just a little bit of faith. Oh, come on, you guys. I'm preaching better than I'm, I'm, I'm speaking it better than I'm preaching it. Sometimes just a little bit of faith, a size of a mustard seed, is enough to get you to walk on water. My God, my God. Hallelujah. Psalm 57 and 7. Whew. Thank you, Jesus. You just don't know. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know. 
My heart is fixed. Oh God, my heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise. Mm. My heart is fixed. Oh God, my heart is fixed. He had to say it twice. I will sing and give praise. Firme este mi corazón. Oh Dios, mi corazón este firme. Continuo, estable, resuelto. That means continually, stable, resolute. My heart is fixed on you, God. I'm not fixed on the situation. I'm not fixed on the storm. I'm fixed on Jesus. Now listen. Got to get back into my teaching mode. Uh, yes, Lord. Thank you. That word fixed in the Hebrew mm. means kum. Mm. It's pronounced kum. Mm. It has two meanings. Mm. Dos significados. The first is to be firm and fastened, stable and established. Mm. Se firme y sujeto, uh, estable y establecido. Y el segundo, number two, it means to be securely determined and in the right direction. Mm. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Estar determinando de forma seguro y en la dirección correcta. While one definition is speaking of position, the other implies direction. One definition is speaking of position, and the other implies direction. Yes, sir. The believer's faith is to be firm and fast and stable and established, rooted and grounded in the word of God. Amen. Establecido en la palabra de Dios. The believer's faith, la fe del creyente, is also to be securely determined and directed aright, reaching and grabbing hold of the word of God. Peter could have stayed on the boat, but Peter didn't, wasn't just fixed in the boat. He was also going in the right direction. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He was fixed. In one point, but he said, I'm fixed on going to God, but I'm also moving in the right direction. That's right. Thank you, Jesus. Now let's examine a picture of the believers whose heart is fixed. Vamos una foto de un creyente cuyo corazón está fijo en Dios. Turn to Psalms 1, 1 through 3. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaves shall not wither and whether he does shall prosper. And whatever he does shall prosper. And whatever he does shall 
prosper. I, I, get this in your spirit. And whatever he does shall prosper. Yeah. Oh, I just want to help me, Jesus. In order for us to be fixed, in order for us to be firm and fastened, stable and established, look at verse one. It tells us that if we want to be fixed, we have to watch who we hang around with. Can, can, I help, can I help some of you guys out? Yes, sir. We have to watch who we hang around with. Yes, sir. We are not, this is this number one, we are not to walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Yes, sir. A lot of people don't want to hear that. Now, I'm not talking about just your workmates or your classmates or people you're trying to minister to or witness to. I'm talking about fellowship. Some of us are in fellowship with people we don't need to be fellowshipping with. Why? See, the Bible The Bible's specific about who we commune with. Why? Because whoever you hang around with will influence you. <laughs> oh, wait, 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 wait. I was, I was all, we, everybody wanted to, we was getting holy here for a second. Do you know that the Bible specifically says, come out from among them, be ye separate, and touch not the unclean thing, saith the Lord. Now, what do you think he was talking about? He said, be ye separate. Whoever you're around will influence you. Listen, you could be in a car full of smokers and never have to smoke. But when you get out of the car of the smokers, guess what you smell like? Come on. That's the picture of people's influence over you. When we get around people that are ungodly, when we get around people that will influence us, we begin to start acting like their own bad behavior. The counsel of the ungodly means following the advice of ungodly people. People living ungodly can only give you ungodly advice. Now, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. It could be great advice. It could be good advice. But it's not always God advice. There's a difference. You know, I, I go and talk, you talk to a person that does, that does things with financial advising and people will come to me and tell you which, where you need to put your stocks at or wherever you need to invest in. And that's great. They'll give you great advice. They'll give you really good professional advice, but they're not going to always give me God advice. Amen. Because do you realize that God owns the cattle on a thousand hills? He's the one that knows everything and can tell me when I need and where I need to put my money. As a matter of fact, I thought it says, and whatever I will do shall prosper. Yes. Why? Because I'm not going to sit with ungodly people. I will not commune with them. There is a difference, people. Now, listen, don't get me wrong. When you're around people that, now, listen, there's people at your job, there's people at your work, there's family members that you have that aren't even saved. I'm not talking about people that you are trying to be a light to. I'm talking about those that just feel like they want to give you advice. 
They don't want to hear anything that you have to say. When they try to tell you about Jesus or anything else, they just want to say what they got to say and want to give you the advice. We cannot, as people of God, want to sit down and listen to other people's advice on Christian, being a Christian. I mean, gosh, I'm trying really hard not to say a few things. Because what happens, what's happening, and, and I don't care what side, if you're red or blue, liberal or conservative, the only thing that we've been seeing on the media is people giving us advice. This is how you need to vote. This is how you need to vote. Well, this person is, 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 is the devil, and this person's the devil's best friend. This person over here is a bigot, but this person over here is a bigger bigot. And this person, you need to vote for this. We need to vote for proposition and whatever. But what about this proposition? What about this? What about this? Why are we listening to the counsel of the ungodly? I'm, I'm just going to tell you guys something, that, and I'm doing this over the pulpit. I'm not trying to, I, I believe as a pastor, I should be able to educate people, but I'm just going to share something with you. Will you please start praying before you make up your mind? people tell me let our voice be heard no what is the lord saying everybody saw well, what 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 does oprah say what does this person say what no what is god saying when we decide we're going to cast our vote then you cast your vote keep it to yourselves between you and the lord and i pray that you pray and hear what the voice of the lord is saying to you don't sit with the uh, with the Counsel of the ungodly. Number two, don't stand in the way of sinners. Now, some of y'all right now about to get upset with me. And, and it's fine. I'm okay with it. Okay? You're going to get mad. But I know Galatians chapter 4 and 16 says this. Am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Because I'm about to tell you some truths. <laughs> the way of the sinner. The way of the sinner. It says, don't stand in the way of the sinner. The way of the sinner means you look like, you smell like, you act like a person that doesn't even know God. When you call yourself a Christian, but you look like the world, you act like the world, you smell like the world, people will mock you, they'll mock your faith, and they will mock your God. Hmm. Don't stand in the way of a sinner. What, what, what does that mean? Because people are thinking, they want to say, don't stand in the way of a sinner. Like there's some sinner walking and you're going to block their path. That's not what it means. It says don't stand in the way. That means the way of the sinner. That means that you're walking the way of a sinner, but you are, you're, you know how people come to church and they, they talk a good one, but then they act just, just Let me give you a, 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 a nice phrase, okay? If it looks like a duck, it walks like a duck, it quacks like a duck, then it's a duck. Amen. 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 Or it's something that wants to be a duck. You know, some of us sometimes, we want to sit back and we stand in the way of the center, which means we walk and we act like we're Christians, but at the same time, how can we, how can, what is it, bitter water and pure water come from the same spring? How could we talk death and then speak life? Whew. 
I just, that just hit my spirit. You know why? Because we're sitting, watch this, watch this. Why are we talking death when we should be talking life? Let's talk about ourselves. Why am I talking about how I look or how I feel? Why am I talking about what I can't do and what I cannot do? That is death. But I need to speak life instead of bitterness out of my mouth. I need to speak life out of my mouth because from out of my bosom shall flow rivers of living water, the the pure water, the water that gives life. So when I begin to speak, I begin to prophesy what God has said over me. I will not say uh, anything that, look, look, I shall live and not die. I'm going to say no. I am going to live and that my latter days are greater than my past and I am going to continue to move on. God knows that he has a plan for me and that plan is to prosper me. Yes, sir. Come on, you guys. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Sometimes we make this a little bit too hard. Yes, sir. Thank you, Lord. We just want to make sure that we got to stand, not stand in the way of the sinners. Number three, we nor, nor sit at the seat of the scornful. Number three, nor sit at the seat of the scornful. Do y'all know what scornful people are? They haters. Zay, you know who the haters are. You come out with an album and somebody always wants to be a critic about what you putting out. Come on, y'all. Don't we do it sometimes? Because I can, can you, can I, can Confession time, do I, need, do I need a booth here? I'm the biggest LeBron hater that anybody in this world knows. Can't stand LeBron. And Patrick Mahomes. I'm, I'm just trying to just, just trying to be honest. I'm a hater. My, boy, my daughter asked me last night, Dad? She's like, Dad? I was like, what, honey? She goes, have you ever hated anybody? I just looked there. I said, no, honey. But immediately, LeBron, Patrick Mahomes. But the real, the, what really is, because they're great, they, 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 they show a lot of greatness. That's really what it is for me. It's just something that God's dealing with me in my heart. LeBron is not that... It's not that hard to hate LeBron, but it's harder to hate Mahomes because one, he beat us last year, and two, he's light-skinned, just like me. The the stroke is starting to show. I'm starting to come back, y'all. I'm coming back. I'm coming back. The randomness is happening. God is good. Listen, we got to make sure we got to watch out for haters, you guys. People want to hate on you, especially right now during this climate that's going on. Okay? You know, there's a lot of fuss and fight about who is all pro-choice and who's pro-life and who's this and who's that. And you know, at the end of the day, people, and I'm just talking about Christians, people want to hate on us as Christians. Because how we stand and what we believe in as Christians. We just believe this is what we believe. We believe the 
unadulterated word of God. And if you don't believe it, that's on you. But I stand right here on firmly upon what the word says and people will hate us for it. Listen, you can hate the work of them that turn aside. You can hate every false way. You can hate the vain thoughts. You can even hate and abhor lying. But according to Psalms 139 and 21, you can even hate them that hate the Lord. Mm, wow. There's people, I think it was uh, David says, do not I hate them, O Lord, that hate thee? So God hates lying lips. And scornful people are those that hate on other people's success. You guys ever do something like you feel good about where you're at right now in life? You're like, man, I really. And then one person wants to come up to you and start just hating on you. How did Mahomes throw across his body like that? LeBron didn't need four trophies and four teams. Come on, come, come on, Zay. Supposed to amen me during that time. I'm trying. Trying. Listen, you don't have to believe me, but hating is contagious. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> ah, yeah, you think the coronavirus is bad. Yeah, no mask, no bubble that you can ever find will keep you from the, the virus of hating. It is contagious. If you hang around a hater long enough, you begin to start seeing things through their hate-colored glasses. Amen. Amen. <laughs> yeah, come on, everybody. I used to be an L.A. Lakers fan. Imagine that. This is what I'm telling you. So many times when you hang around people that hate on things, you're like, I don't agree with them. But when you hear people talk and they keep talking and they keep talking, then you start agreeing with them. And then how can two people together start agreeing? agreeing? That's what happens to us. That's what the whole thing about unity is. If we're going to, we have to speak the same thing. When we speak the same thing, when we and, li- and listen, and I'm not talking about the, the world, world's vision of hate. I mean, the world's definition of love. Yeah. We need to talk about the love that God tells us that. And, and, and sometimes, look, you could be hating on somebody. Like a lot of you guys understand, S- Steph Curry is the best basketball player ever. <laughs> I'm just waiting for you to say amen. Best, best basketball player ever. I just, threw, I just threw it out there. Yeah, I am. But what happens, is, what happens is because I agree or, or I think that Steph Curry's the best football, uh, basketball player and then uh, Isaiah believes that LeBron is the best basketball player, we can both still agree that they are great basketball players. Amen. And because we both disagree on something, 
then the agreement will happen with both of us. But what's happening in the world today is that people just want to hate on you for your own view. And if you don't see it the way that I see it, then we have cancel culture. And now I got to cancel you out because we ain't friends because I don't agree or see it the way that you want to see it. And that means we have to become haters. Listen, you cannot and will not be blessed if you walk in the counsel of the ungodly, stand in the way of sinners, and sit in the seat of the scornful. A person whose heart is fixed on the Lord is like a tree by the rivers of water. You are not easily moved. You are not easily persuaded or dissuaded. You are not tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait to deceive. Why? Because your heart is fixed and you are planted. Your roots run deep and the foundation that you are on allows you to drink from the rivers of living water. And that river is Jesus Christ. You will bring forth fruit in your season. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Some of us aren't seeing any fruit because we haven't fixed our head, our hearts completely towards God. Remember, I said the word fixed in Hebrew means two things. The first one was this: fastened, stabled, and established, rooted and grounded. We covered that. The second is a determined direction. When you fix your heart on God, when you are determined to see his face, when everything you do is directed towards bringing God glory, no person, no tragedy, no situation, no circumstance, neither life nor death, nor angels or principalities, nor powers, nor things present or to come, neither height nor depth or any other creature shall be able to separate you from the love of God, which is found in Jesus Christ. Because your heart is fixed. Your heart is fastened, it's stable and established, rooted and grounded in Jesus Christ. You have determined the direction of your heart and your heart is always and shall be always towards almighty God. Amen. Amen. Now, as I bring this to a close, I'm going to share something with you today. As I play on words, which every once in a while I'm, I'm like a wordsmith and words. Something that is fixed, like your heart, because you want your heart fixed, must first be broken. People say it all the time, my heart is broken. But in order for my heart to be broken, once it's broken, it needs to be fixed. So God wants to fix your heart. Psalms 34 and 18 says this, the Lord is near unto them that are of a broken heart. And save as such as to be a contrite, of a contrite spirit. 
I like what the Amplified says, says this. The Lord is close to those who are of a broken heart and saves such as are crushed with sorrow for sin and are humbly and thoroughly penitent. God is close to the brokenhearted. But when your heart is broken, is the time that you should start to allow God to fix your heart. That's why you're able to stand fast and say, God, my heart is fixed. I was broken with my situation. I was broken with my circumstance. I was broken when they left me. I was broken when they forsook me. I was broken when I didn't have any money. I was broken whatever the situation when I was broke. But guess what? Went through my brokenness. And God says, I am close to those that are broken. And now that your heart is broke, now you can turn and look at Jesus and say, God, my heart is fixed. Oh, God, my heart is fixed. I will praise you. Psalms 57, 7 says, my heart is fixed, oh God. My heart is fixed. I will sing and give you praise. Twenty twenty. For everybody, it's been, uh, everybody in here, it's been a tough year. Tough year. COVID hit. We were doing the building. Well, first we were building, doing the build. COVID hit. People at the church got sick. A bunch of us got sick. I ended up in the hospital the first time in July, con- uh, had congestive heart failure. Came home, next day, Papa gets admitted into the hospital. I was worried about my Papa. Praise God, God touched his life, healed him, and he came home. very next day, wake up in the morning, you guys know the story, I was confused. God, through his omniscience and his sovereignness, woke me up in the middle of a stroke. Maybe you don't even understand. My wife could have woke up with me dead. But he woke me up. And I get up and I'm confused and I'm trying to figure out what's going on. And you guys know the story. And my kids are crying and praying. And uh, my, my son's laid out prostrate on the floor. And my daughter's is pray, praying for her father. And they're, they're, they're dealing with their My wife, then I, I get to the hospital. I, I, I barely know how to speak. And I'm still dealing with the effects of the, of the stroke and all these things have happening to me and I'm, I'm in, but how many people know that the prayers of a righteous man availeth much power? 
My heart is fixed. My heart is fixed. So I'm in the hospital, and as I'm laying in the hospital the first night, I'm laying there, and I, I, I can't even tell you what, what a chair is. I know what it is. I can look at it, but I don't know how to call it. I don't know my birth date. I don't know what the day is. I do know, and I thank God that I can recognize my wife's name and my kids' names, and I'm standing there, and late at night, all of a sudden, I'm laying down, and all of a sudden, I got this bad, bad pain in my stomach calling on the, the, the doctors. They didn't show up. I'm trying to figure out what's happening. I get out of the bed because they won't answer the buzzer and I open up the door and I'm like, help me, please. Because the pain was so excruciating. And I laid back on the bed. I was, all I could do was just to lay on the bed, doubled over, and they came in. I said, I'm hurt. So they come in, they give me medication, lay me down, take me down to CAT scan. So they go down to CAT scan and what they didn't know is that not only did I throw a stroke in my brain, but I threw strokes into my abdomen. The stroke came and it hit my left kidney, it hit my spleen and my colon. Next morning they called my wife and said, listen, we are prepping your husband for surgery. What we're gonna do is take part of his colon out because there's no blood flow. He will have a colostomy bag for the rest of his life. As far as him getting a heart transplant, he'll never get one. You'll live without a kidney, you'll live without your spleen, but this is the way life is gonna have to happen for you. Whatever is gonna happen, just live the rest of your life however you wanna live it. My wife does what she does. When she gets and she starts praying and calling up everybody, she's making videos and doing stuff and getting all the righteous to begin to pray. Not only that, you guys don't realize that she's not just called Kaya Fire because she preaches like that. I got a wife that came in and advocated for me and got another doctor in there and said, listen, we're going to wait. So they waited because you began to pray. God began to heal my body. The blood flow began to go into my colon. My, my kidney, listen, my kidney started literally getting blood flow back to it. I, I, got, I got the CAT scans, the CAT scans that show my kidney half, half dead and part of my spleen. I've seen it. This is what I do for my living. I know what it was. But then all of a sudden, the next CAT scan, they showed me how my kidney started to come back. My heart is fixed. through all this healing, God touching me, God restoring me, the doctor says, listen, I know you're dealing with a lot, but I hate to bring you some bad news. And I haven't shared this with anybody. We did a CAT scan on you. We found a spot on your liver. It looks cancerous. So at that point, 
heart is fixed. I told the doctor, I was like, you know what, whatever you need to do, man, just do it. I'm, it's, it's 2020. <laughs> Next thing is a chicken, a, a giant chicken somewhere. I, I, my heart is fixed. I, I, God, whatever, whatever you have for me. The doctor says, okay, so we did the blood work. We got to bring you in and do a biopsy. Put the needle into your stomach and do all that. And I remember looking at Kaya and I said, Kaya, whatever it is, it is. We'll just deal with it. My heart is fixed. So we go lay down and go to Kaiser and they're trying to tell me what to do and I'm looking at them like, dude, fool, I've done these a hundred times. I know... <laughs> This is, my, this is what I retired to do. I'm, I've done these things. He goes, oh, so you know what to do. I'm like, dude, it's my first time being on the table. I thank God that he will bring nurses and doctors that know what they're doing. Praise God. So the doctor went in and took the, the biopsy. He says, it really looks like it might be cancer but he goes I don't know so we'll have to send it off to the lab I'm like oh thanks and now I gotta wait a week but my heart's fixed yeah I just I need you to understand something that my heart is fixed it's resolute it's continual so I get a phone call and the doc says hey Mr. Butcher I need you to sit down I want to talk to you I said, okay. He said, I just got your lab back. And no cancer. Can, can, I, can I be honest? Can I be honest? Can I be honest? I was scared. I was scared. Trying to be a husband, trying to be a father, trying to be a pastor, trying to be a man. I was scared. Never felt faced nothing like this ever in my life. I didn't know if I was going to have to go through chemotherapy or whatever, but I knew one thing was for certain that never have I ever seen the righteous forsaken nor is seed begging bread. I know that my heart has been fixed on the Lord and everything that has happened to me is going to be happening. Listen, not Pastor Jenny said it, it, it isn't happening to me, it's happening through me. You don't know what was being said to me when we were sitting there last week because of the stuff that I got to go through. The, the, and, and if I can share with you, because you guys are my family, my heart is fixed to, towards Christ. But this walk that we walk, saints of God, my heart is fixed towards God. But listen, this ain't an easy walk. We have to endure this hardship as soldiers. Not, not, not worrying about the affairs of anybody else. I know everybody in here is going through something. Right. 
and if you can learn and see by my example, if you could see how I can stand fast as I cry, as I'm scared, as I'm sitting down with my beautiful wife and trying to deal with what we're dealing with, with a brain injury, with, with, with um, the, the anxieties and the fears and the turmoil and a relationship and children and, and, and family, if I'm going through it, I know you guys are going through it too. And I say today, this whole thing, what God has told me, and he told me this morning, I woke up this morning, I'm I'm not going to lie to you, this morning, I'm tachycardia, out of nowhere, tachycardia, 140, my heartbeat, 140, with meds. I could get a stroke again. And I said, God, my heart is fixed. My heart is fixed fixed and the next thing that I got to do is I will praise and thank you my heart is fixed my heart is fixed I am steadfast unmovable and abounding in the word of the Lord I am moving towards Christ This is not a game, but it's all to the glory of God. That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast. But we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today. Or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast.